Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russia-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is February the 15th, 2024. It's been 3,671 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 356 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast looks at events that happened on Wednesday and Thursday morning. During the podcast, you will find the Russia-Ukraine war map helpful to visualize the areas discussed. A link is in the podcast description. There are only minor map updates. The Russia-Ukraine war report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine morning reports, operational commands north, south and east of Ukraine, open-source intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian male bloggers and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission – the truth, because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment. 1. Our previous assessment that there was an increased risk of a large-scale Russian missile attack over the next three to six days after the sinking of another Russian Black Sea Fleet vessel was regrettably accurate. 2. The United States has ended financial and military aid to Ukraine, unless there is an unforeseen event that changes congressional leadership before the 2024 elections. 3. We maintain that the acute shortage of ammunition is directly impacting the battlefield and contributing to recent Russian advances. 4. The early and likely temporary arrival of Bezdorizhia is slowing the operational tempo due to poor tractability. 5. We maintain the operational situation in Avdiivka has become untenable and Ukrainian forces should withdraw from some of their positions in the southeast to preserve personnel and equipment. 6. Russian commanders have put mission objectives over all other considerations and are committed to capturing the Avdiivka salient regardless of the cost. 7. Russian forces continue their offensive to capture Chasiv Yar west of Bakhmut. 8. Combat that closely resembles World War I trench warfare versus 21st century combined arms maneuver warfare will continue for the foreseeable future. 9. Russia's ongoing political purge is accelerating and the Putin regime is fast-tracking its transition into a fascist state. In the medium and long term, this shift will further endanger global security and stability. This is the last day for this entry. 10. We maintain that while the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the condition is more serious than what the International Atomic Energy Agency is reporting. We begin in Kharkiv Oblast, in the Kupiansk Area of Operation, or EO. The Russian Ministry of Defense, or Armored, claimed Ukrainian forces were on the offensive in the area of Sinkivka. A geo-confirmed video showed that Russian forces had made marginal gains north of the settlement. A small change to the war map was made. 
Russia continued to target Ukrainian settlements in Free Kharkiv Oblast with S-300 anti-aircraft missiles used for a ground attack. Veliky Burluk was hit by two missiles, destroying a two-story residential building. Two people were killed, seven were wounded, and, at the time of recording, one was missing. Just after midnight on February 15, Russian missiles struck Chuhuiv, killing a pensioner, destroying three homes and heavily damaging seven more. A city administration building, gas pipelines and the local power grid were also damaged. In the Kremenayo of Luhansk oblast, Armod reported that Ukrainian forces were on the offensive near Terny, and the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported fighting east of Yampolivka. A geolocated video showed a Ukrainian BMP-1 infantry fighting vehicle destroyed by a landmine east of Yampolivka. It did confirm that Russian forces were unable to consolidate recent advances in the area, and the map was adjusted. To the southeast, Armod made its traditional claim of fighting in the area of Dubrova. Next, let's talk about the Donbass, starting in northeastern Donetsk oblast. In the bakhmut heavy fighting continued near Bogdanivka and Khromova. Ukrainian forces were able to stabilize their defensive lines. Southwest of Bakhmut, Russian forces were unable to consolidate their gains on the eastern edge of Ivanivska. Based on new intelligence, we pulled the line of conflict east toward Bakhmut and reduced the gray area. In the Klishivka AO, fighting continued northwest and east of Klishivka and Andreevka. We geolocated several videos that showed that the line of conflict remains unchanged. In the Turetsk New York AO, Armod claimed fighting continued in the area of Shumy on the edge of Horlivka. In southwestern Donetsk Oblast, the Ukrainian 3rd Separate Assault Brigade held back Russian advances on the north flank of the Avdivka AO while the situation deteriorated on the southern flank. The commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Ukraine, Colonel-General Alexander Sirsky, and the Minister of Defense, Rustem Umerov, went to the front lines in Avdiivka. After his tour, Sirsky said, quote, The operational situation is extremely challenging and tense. Russian invaders are stepping up their efforts and have a numerical advantage in personnel. They have little regard for human life and persist in mounting assaults with troops as cannon fodder. Unquote. The pair said that Ukrainian forces were conducting defense actions in extremely difficult conditions. Russian forces still have physical control of the Industrialny Prospect in the area of the gas station north of the intersection with Timiryazevska Street. Ukrainian sources reported that the situation was stabilizing but remains critical. We remain uncertain if new Ukrainian forces are meant to re-establish the use of the T-542 highway ground line of communication, GLOG, that's a supply line, or support a tactical withdrawal. We maintain our assessment that Ukraine should withdraw from parts of Avdiivka and avoid urban warfare. The commander of the Tavria Operational Strategic Group of Ukrainian Forces, Brigadier General Oleksandr Tarnavsky, said that the area under his command was subject to 73 airstrikes. Analysis by Andrew Perpetua found that on February 14, 40 bombs hit Avdiivka. On the southern flank, Russian forces advanced northeast of Opetne, putting the Zenit air defense station into a deeper salient. In our assessment, the situation has become critical. 
Ukrainian commanders likely won't order withdrawal until the situation has become hopeless, due to the need being one of the last areas of high ground controlled by Ukraine. Russian forces continued their attempts to advance through the no-man's land between Severn and Vodyane, with no change in the situation. Fighting also continued east of Nevelska. In the Marinkayo, videos analyzed by our geospatial team showed that Russian claims of an advance in eastern Horhivka were false. There has been no change in the situation. Russian attempts to advance from the southern edge of Marinka toward Pobeda continued to be unsuccessful. In the Vogledareyo, Russian forces continued to attack Novomikhailivka from the east and southeast, suffer losses and return to their existing defensive positions. In the Staromlinivkayo, Armod claimed there was renewed fighting on the Donetsk-Zaporizhia Oblast administrative border near Priyudne. In Zaporizhia Oblast, fighting has increased, with Ukraine claiming Russia is preparing a large offensive in the Urihivayo. Russian forces continued their attempts to advance toward Malatokmachka without success. Fighting also continued west of Robotene, with no change in the situation. On February 13, a Ukrainian Mi-8 helicopter was shot down between Robotene and Verbove. The crew did not survive. The spokesperson for the Tavria Operational Strategic Group of Ukrainian Forces, Dmitro Lehovi, speaking on Marathon, said that Russia was preparing a major offensive in the Urihivayo. Quote, there will be a new attack of the enemy, because the grouping of the enemy, which has accumulated there, is approximately the same in size as the Avdivka direction. Unquote. This would be approximately 40,000 troops. Overnight, at least one Russian missile hit Zaporizhia, wounding six people. Apartment buildings, a school and a business were damaged. Two first-person view one-way drones struck the city council building in occupied Energodar, causing light damage. I have more information from the Black Sea and the sinking of the Project 775 Tapir-class large landing ship Cezar Kunikov. Ukraine's allies praised the sinking, while Russian propagandists expressed increasing frustration. NATO Secretary-General Jan Stoltenberg said that Ukraine's ability to significantly weaken the Russian fleet and push it away from the western part of the sea is a significant achievement. A spokesperson with the United States Department of State said, quote, These drone strikes in the Black Sea are a serious matter. The fact that the Russian Navy cannot operate in the Black Sea at will, compared to how it could operate at the beginning of the war, is a fundamental shift in strategic positioning. Unquote. In contrast, Russian war correspondent and propagandist Oleg Blahin questioned the competency of the Black Sea fleet leadership. Quote, Question. What are we doing wrong and how to fix it? Such a number of successful defeats of our ships for the Ukrainians has already gone beyond the norm. There is no point in whining, but the situation needs to be corrected. Unquote. Here's an idea. Go home. Russian warships would stop sinking at the rate of one a month for the last seven months if you end the war and go home. Former State Duma deputy and retired Colonel Viktor Alksnis was also critical. Unlike Blahin, he did blame technology. Quote, the Black Sea Fleet does not have the technical means to control the Black Sea waters and the airspace above it. In the USSR, there were about 40 AWACS of the A-50 type, 
Today, there are eight aircraft left, which are equipped with electronics from the 80s and do not meet the requirements of today. The new AWACS A100 has been in development for about 10 years and is unlikely to be brought to mass production." Unquote. Insurgents in Sevastopol showed the Project 1171 Tepir-class large landing ship Nikolai Filchenkov being towed through Sevastopol Bay. The vessel didn't have apparent damage, but appeared to be in a state of disrepair. There was a lot of news from Western and Central Ukraine after Russia's missile attack that mostly targeted civilians and civilian infrastructure. We sink a warship, they attack apartment buildings, stores, houses and hospitals. Information was limited, with damage reported to civilian infrastructure in the Dnipropetrovsk and Khmelnytsky oblasts, and two people wounded in Khmelnytsky. A warehouse was hit in the Mirhorod district in the Poltava oblast, causing a fire in 100-square-meter building. A missile strike was reported in the Ivano-Frankivsk oblast. Missile debris also landed near Rohaten, causing significant damage to a home. There was also a report of a missile being shot down over the city of Ivano-Frankivsk, with falling debris causing a fire at a commercial building. There were no injuries. In Lviv, pictures showed light damage in the Frankivsky district of the city. Residents were advised that buses and trolleys weren't operating in a residential and shopping district east of the international airport. Windows were broken out on 18 residential buildings and two schools on Naukova Street and four people were injured by flying glass. The mayor reported that more than 10 missiles targeted the city, with one hitting an infrastructure facility. In northern and northeastern Ukraine, Kyiv was also attacked. Light damage was reported to seven homes and two cars due to falling debris. One missile was shot down in Bucha, leaving a massive crater in a forested area. The mayor reported that five homes received light damage. It happened again. Due to the Russian missile attack on Ukraine and cruise missiles that loitered in the Lviv area, the Polish Air Force, supported by the United States, scrambled F-16 fighters and a KC-135 aerial refueling tanker. Operational Command of the Armed Forces of Poland issued a statement, quote, We warn that Polish and Allied aircraft have been activated, which may result in increased noise levels, especially in the southeastern part of the country. Unquote. The United States Air Force KC-135 orbited 25 kilometers from the Ukrainian border during the attack. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. Our team of journalists, researchers and analysts is funded by readers, listeners and viewers just like you. To support independent journalism, please consider becoming a patron. You can find us on patreon.com at malcontentnews. Here is my theater-wide update. On February the 14th and 15th, Russia launched 24 missiles at Ukraine, including 12 KH-101 subsonic cruise missiles, 6 Iskander-M or North Korean-sourced KN-23 short-range ballistic missiles, 2 Kaliber cruise missiles launched from Novorossiysk, Russia, and 4 KH-59 guided air-to-surface missiles, 8 KH-101s, 
one SRBM, both calibers and two KH-59s were intercepted. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said that the so-called special military operation quote, may take longer than planned, unquote, but all tasks will be completed. Longer than planned? We are 102 weeks into the two-week plan. In a troubling sign that Ukrainian air defenses are becoming exhausted, Russia carried out 159 airstrikes on February 14, dropping a record-setting 131 OMPK glide bombs. Ordnance included FAB 250, 500, 1500, 500-kg cluster and 500-kg thermobaric bombs. Canada announced it would provide Ukraine with a $44 million military aid package that includes spare parts, weapons, avionic systems and ammunition for the F-16. After the meeting of the Ukraine Defense Contact Group, the head of the main defense intelligence directorate of the Ministry of Defense of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, Uhur, Kirill Budanov, said that the ammunition crisis would ease. Ukraine reportedly was um, promised additional artillery systems and ammunition. Germany pledged that it would provide 300 to 400 percent more artillery shells in 2024. Minister of Defense Boris Pistorius said, quote, We understand very well what is happening in Ukraine and what this country needs. In general, Germany intends to spend at least 3.5 billion euros on the production and purchase of projectiles in 2024." France and Germany signed an agreement to create an air defense coalition for Ukraine. The details were not released. However, on the morning of February 15, it was announced that 15 countries signed the agreement of intent to create a new coalition of capabilities integrated air and missile defense. Minister of Defense of Ukraine Umerov said, quote, Air defense is of critical importance for saving the lives of Ukrainians. We are grateful to our partners for their unwavering support. Together we are stronger, unquote. The Netherlands is joining the Lithuania and United Kingdom-led drone coalition. Minister of Defense Kaiser Ollongren said that the newly created coalition, quote, will be able to respond to Ukraine's new requests as they see how the struggle at the front is developing." Unquote. The White House rejected a request from Speaker of the House Mike Johnson for a private one-on-one -on -one meeting with President Joe Biden to discuss the supplemental spending bill that would provide military aid to Ukraine, Israel and Taiwan. In a closed-door meeting with House Republicans, Johnson said he would not be rushed to pass the nearly $96 billion aid package. A private survey of congresspersons indicated that if the bill were put on the floor, it would pass easily with more than 300 votes. Republican senators have reportedly increased pressure on Johnson to move the bill forward, with Tom Tillis warning that the House and Senate could lose seats in the 2024 elections due to the continued dysfunction. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan once again warned that the fate of Ukraine and the reputation of the United States was being harmed. Quote, Every day comes at a cost to the people of Ukraine and to the national security interests of the United States of America. The stakes are getting higher and the costs of our inaction are also getting higher every day, especially in Ukraine. Unquote. Complicating the internal power struggle, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence chairman 
Congressman Mike Turner released a statement on Twitter, or X, that there is a serious national security threat and requested the White House declassify information. The information was released to all members of Congress. Both the House and Senate and Canadian officials were reportedly briefed. Widely expected the information will be declassified, but the official process requires more than a stroke of a pen. Multiple sources stated that the intelligence was related to the Russian Federation. Another source on the Intelligence Committee said that the threat is, quote, a highly concerning and destabilizing Russian capability, and another called the information, quote, very sensitive. The U.S. news agency Politico, citing unnamed sources, reported that the security threat is related to space. Speaker Johnson said that he was already aware of the threat, but there was, quote, no cause for alarm. I'm going to stay on script. I'm going to stay on script. I'm going to stay on script. After Turner's announcement, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said he had reached out to set a meeting with the Gang of Eight before the warning. Sullivan said that the capability represents a, quote, serious national security threat. There were numerous unconfirmed reports that the new Russian capability was placing or using nuclear weapons in or from space. We cannot confirm any of these reports. Interestingly, the Kremlin has already publicly denied it intends to place nuclear weapons in outer space before any direct accusation was made. That's strange. That's suspicious. Congressman Turner is a member of the Republican Party and has been in Congress since 2003. He has an extensive background in international politics, soft power, and national security. Outside of usual Washington partisan politics, he is well-liked by members of both parties, respected and not prone to exaggerations. He is supportive of Ukraine and was in Kyiv last week, vowing that military aid package would be passed. It's time for Mobix, Mobilization and Mir. Lieutenant Colonel Stanislav Klukin, reportedly the acting commander of the 17th Tank Regiment assigned in the Kherson AO, was killed by his own troops on November 28, 2023. A Russian soldier who was reportedly drunk and despondent went to the command post, shot two guards, entered the CP and shot the commander and three more soldiers. On February 13, the commander of the 177th Naval Infantry Regiment, Colonel Magomed Magomedjanov, died from wounds he received in combat. The 177th is assigned to the Klishivka AO. In a shocking video, a Chechen commander recorded himself in Grozny, going to international contract soldiers and appearing to be providing well wishes. In reality, he was mocking the non-Chechen speakers, saying repeatedly, this one will be killed. I'm not kidding. Then he thought it would be a great idea to share the video on social media. We'll link to it in our situation report, and there is more information in the podcast description. And that's what we know. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us make history and protect the future for all. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. Our team of journalists, researchers, and analysts is funded by readers, listeners, and viewers just like you. To support independent journalism, 
please consider becoming a patron. You can find us on patreon.com at malcontentnews.